Welcome to podcast number 181 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We are continuing our series today on dreams. The title of today's podcast is Dream Again for Financial Prosperity. You know, a lot of people go through struggles financially in their life. I know I've had times when I'm wondering how I'm going to pay my next bill. But because of that, we need to look at how God wants to bless us and help us in the area of our finances. And when we have a dream for financial success or at least to have financial provision so that we don't run into problems that we can't handle. We need to go to God, obviously, because we need to go to Him for everything in life. So let's pray and seek for His direction and ask Him to help us as we go through this podcast today, dealing with dreaming again for financial prosperity. Heavenly Father, once again, I thank you for the opportunity I have to bring this podcast at this time to those who are listening in. Thank you, Lord, for what you've given me to bring today, but now I need the Holy Spirit to move in a very special way. So I surrender control of this podcast to him and ask that he would guide and direct my thoughts, my comments, and the direction that I should go, however he shall lead. I pray that because the Holy Spirit's in charge, that the needs of people who are listening in today would be met. I thank you for that, and I believe that we're going to have a great podcast today because you're here, and I give you praise for it in advance, for I ask these things in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Some of you may have heard that the Bible speaks speaks more about money and the proper use and the improper use of it than it does about love. Now that may be a little hard to understand, but it's true. The Lord knew we would need help in dealing with our finances. Our money affects our life, our thoughts, our time, and sometimes even our health. How we use our money is so important in order to be financially prosperous. Think about this comment. How often do we think about money each day? Now, let me restate that because that's a very important part of this podcast today. How often do we think about money each day? Now, when we drive to work, we may think of stopping and buying a coffee or picking up a snack or some food or something on the way to work. The same thing happens at lunchtime and we decide how much we're going to spend or if we're just going to pass on lunch or whether we take lunch with us when we go to work. When we go through our snail mail, when we get home from work, or our emails, the topic of money surfaces. I know because we're going through the election time right now, I'm receiving anywhere from six to eight requests for finances every day in the mail, in addition to emails and in addition to texts. I must get another 10 or 15 of those a day. I am so tired of hearing people asking for finances for our election. I've given to those I believe I want to support, but it's just money, 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 no matter what we do. You know, we need money to live, to provide shelter and food and clothing. The Bible warns us, though, that often, oftentimes, money is misused. Now, money itself is not evil, but the love of it is. So let me read a scripture you've probably heard before, but it's a very important part of this podcast. It's found in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and starting at verse number 10. This teaching is about false teaching and true riches. So in 1 Timothy chapter 6, I'm going to start at verse 9, the New Living Translation. Here's what it says. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. You see, it didn't say for money is evil. It's simply the love of it. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. There is so much to be said there. Now, you know, as a banker for some nearly 15 years and as a biblical financial counselor in the church for like 30 to 35 years and then teaching for several years in the community college district here in Arizona for five or six years on finance 
governments and banks. I've had a lot of experiences with a lot of people. And that scripture, that one I just read, has so much truth in it because I have seen people who are longing to be rich. That's their whole goal in life. But they do fall into temptations and they're trapped by making foolish decisions and they have harmful desires. And then it says, and plunges them into ruin and destruction. I've seen that happen over and over again. Sometimes it's physical. It's health issues. It might be a marriage that falls apart. It could be a person who wants money so bad that they cross the line and do something that's illegal. I've known of men who work for the bank with me who wound up taking money from customers out of their accounts because they longed for money. They didn't think the bank was paying them enough, so they decided they'd just take what they wanted, and they wound up going to prison. So the Bible tells us here we need to understand money because the love of it is really all kinds of evil, and and the craving causes people to wander from even their faith. And so we really need to think about that when we think about our finances and our spending and what we're going to do with the finances that we have. So the reason that I have given you all of these comments about money is to protect your thoughts. That is, if we dream of financial prosperity, we need to understand how we feel about money. We have addressed dreams in this series a lot. So let's spend a little time addressing prosperity. With that, I want to share something with you that I wrote here that I thought would be very pertinent to this particular podcast. You see, everyone has heard someone speak on prosperity. You know, one time or another in their life, they've heard it probably many, many times. Now, it may have been from our, your pastor or from an evangelist or someone that you know very your family member or whatever but each year there are literally millions and millions of people who attend conferences go to financial planning sessions get online and listen to teaching about finances and prosperity and it goes on and on and on they read books on, on prosperity I haven't written a book totally on prosperity yet but I did write one on generosity which I think is a very important part of prospering and that is to be a generous person Those who speak or write about prosperity always get the attention of individuals who want to be blessed financially. Now, in the church, the prosperity message is correctly presented when the basis of the teaching is found in 3 John chapter 2, where it says this, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in good health just as your soul prospers. I enjoy that scripture so much that I usually use it to sign off on my podcast because I want people to know that God wants us to prosper. He wants us to be blessed. Now, one of the first things we need to understand about prosperity is that the Lord desires prosperity for his followers. He really does. The book of John speaks of prosperity in all things. That includes our finances, our possessions, and most importantly, our soul. We must all believe that our God is not opposed to prosperity. Throughout his word, we read of his plans to prosper those that trust him, obey him, and follow him. So here's just a few examples of of scriptures I found that might be helpful in understanding why it's so important to draw a foundation, to build a foundation on what prosperity is all about. Let me read Proverbs 28, verse 25 in the New Living Translation. Trusting the Lord leads to prosperity. You see, we may have a dream for prosperity, but we'll never realize that dream according to the way God wants it if we don't trust God first for that prosperity. And then Proverbs 21, verse 5 says in the New Living Translation, hard work leads to prosperity. 
Now, that's where some people have a difficult time because they want to go out there and get rich quick. They want to jump after some scheme or some plan and figure they're going to get a lot of money overnight. That's not according to the Word of God because the Word of God tells us hard work leads to prosperity. Now, that has to do with financial prosperity and prosperity in many areas of our life, but it's important to lock that down in your plan to prosper. 1 Samuel chapter 25, verse 6 in the New Living Translation says this, Peace and prosperity to you, your family, and every everything you own. We need to have peace. If if we have a dream for prosperity and we want that to happen so bad in our life, we need to be at peace. We must not struggle with it. We must not be frustrated. There must not be any anxiety or fear or anger or worry of any type. We've got to learn how to have peace and then we'll get prosperity that comes from God. And finally, this scripture I want to give you, Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 11, once again in the New Living Translation, the Lord will give you prosperity in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. Now, I know that's talking about in the Old Testament, the people of Israel and what was happening there, but that applies to our life today because everything in the word of God that we read about, whether it was thousands of years ago, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000 years ago when it was written, it applies to us. We got to read it carefully and understand the context that it's in. But these scriptures all lead to us today because they're general in scope and apply to all those who are followers of Jesus Christ. Now, desiring some type of prosperity is a goal of every person that we know. They want they want to prosper one way or another. They want either want to prosper financially, or they want to prosper physically, or spiritually, or in their marriage, or in parenting, whatever it might be. The amount of prosperity we desire is in direct relationship to where we focus our thoughts and interests. If our focus is on making more money, we will probably put our efforts in that direction. That just makes good common sense. Some of you know that I was a banker for nearly 15 years, and then after that, a real estate developer for almost 20 years, and then I pastored a church with my wife and I for about 20 years. That makes me kind of up in years, but I like to share some of those experiences with you. So as a banker, I knew a large number of our customers who were financially prosperous. I mean a large number. I can't say names because that would be improper, but some of the biggest names in business in our country today, some of the oldest established companies were customers of mine, and it was a blessing to know these people. And I noticed a few things they all had in common. Let me give you those. First, they all had a dream to be successful. Not necessarily financially successful. They had a dream to be successful. Number two, they developed a plan to prosper financially. They had to have a plan. And it's so crucial that we have a plan that a lot of, a lot of people that I talk to, they want to be financially comfortable. They want to be successful, but they've not set a plan. They just figure somehow, some way it's just going to happen. That's not how it works. And number three, they kept focused on their plan. So very quickly review them. They had a dream to be successful. They developed a plan to prosper financially and they kept focused on their plan. That's what we need to do when we have that dream to prosper financially. Although many of these customers of mine may not have been Christians, they were using some of the things God's word tells us to do. Number one, God's word gives us a dream. It tells us that he wants us to dream and he wants to help us to have success. Number two, as I read earlier in 3 John 2, it tells us that we may 
prosper in all things and be in, in good health even as our soul prospers. So God has a plan that's, that's quite frankly, many of these people may have received their plan from the God word of God, but his plan and their plan need to come together. And it must be that way in our life. And number three, for us, we must stay focused on God's word and his plan for us. So we've got to have a dream. We've got to develop a plan and we need to stay close to God. So with that, I believe we will have a greater chance and a greater opportunity to see our dream come true for financial prosperity. Now, throughout my experiences as a banker, a business owner, and a pastor, I've seen many types of prosperity accomplished by those who put their faith and trust in the Lord. Whether we are rich or poor, young or old, and regardless of our position in life, we will all have an opportunity to dream for prosperity. When we dream of financial prosperity, we must think about several things. There's a number of things that are so crucial to understanding how to deal with it. First, we need to seek spiritual prosperity. If we want God to bless us financially, that's wonderful. But if we don't grow spiritually, we will not be prepared. We will not be ready to handle the financial prosperity that comes. Trust me, I've seen that happen to a lot of individuals who are not spiritually prepared. They had financial success and their lives became very difficult. The second thing we need to do is we need to learn how to give of our finances. We need to give in a way that God instructs us in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Here's what it says in verse 10 of Malachi chapter 3. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do so, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. And he says, try it. Put me to the test. Well, what a wonderful scripture. God's saying, here's a plan for your financial blessing and test me and see if that's not going to work in your life. And I can tell you, it does work. And I know God has blessed our finances and the finances of so many other people I know when they started to give of their finances to the Lord. Here's a third thing we need to think about when we have a dream for financial prosperity. Set a goal of being debt-free. That's crucial. We need to learn how to control debt. Debt is something that can just bury us. In Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 7, it says here, the borrower is slave to the lender. We need to know that and learn it and get a plan in our life to become debt-free. And the fourth thing I want to give you in your dream for financial prosperity is understand the power of giving in order to receive. There's a scripture. I've just got to read it. I was just going to give it to you and ask you to read it, but I think I better read it to make it a part of this podcast. It's found in Luke chapter 6 and verse 38 in the New Living Translation. These are the words of Jesus. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Now that applies to more than just financial giving, but giving is a crucial part of having a plan to prosper. And so if you want to have a dream, and that is your dream for financial prosperity once again in your life or for the first time, these four steps, seek spiritual prosperity. Two, giving of our finances to the Lord. Three, set a goal of being debt-free. And four, understand the power of giving in order order to receive back from the Lord. All right, the Bible gives us many examples of people dreaming of financial prosperity, some good and some bad. I think of Judas. You know, he had a dream to prosper financially, so he sold his soul for 30 pieces of silver and betrayed Jesus. You know, there are people, if they're not careful, will give away what's important in life to them in order to prosper financially. 
They'll give up their marriage, their relationships, their friendships, their careers, even their freedom in order to gain financial prosperity. Number two, the Bible gives us another example. The prodigal son had a dream to get his father's inheritance. You remember the story. The two sons went to their father, and the one son said, Dad, I'd like to have my inheritance today because I want to go out and enjoy life. And the other son said, No, it's okay. I'll stay home with you, Dad. And so the father then gave the son his inheritance. The son went out, spent his entire inheritance on women and song, and, and just basically lost everything that he had. And he wound up one day eating slop with pigs. And he realized, I'm not worthy to be welcomed back at my father's table. The devil had defeated him so badly that he felt like there was no other purpose in life but to live like that. But then he got up and he walked home. And when he got home, the father's dream was to see his son come back and to forgive his son. Isn't that wonderful to think that one had a dream that went bad, but the father had a great dream that his son would come home. And when he did, the Bible says he killed the fatted calf, which means they had a feast. And he gave him a robe of many colors and blessed him. It's interesting that in that story, the brother of the prodigal son, the one that stayed home and worked with his dad, he became very bitter and very upset. It's an amazing story of one terrible dream and one wonderful dream and how God used that as an example to help each and every one of us today. I've got one more example of people dreaming of financial prosperity and it's found in Matthew chapter 19 verses 21 through 24. It's the story of a rich man who had a dream to be rich and he was rich but he also had a dream to spend eternity in heaven. Listen to this conversation between him and Jesus. It's found in once again Matthew chapter 19 verses well I'm going to go all the way back to verse 16 through about 21 or 2 and it's in the New Living Translation. The rich man it says someone came to Jesus with his question teacher what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Jesus said why ask me about what is good? Jesus Jesus answered, there's only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Which one? The man asked. And Jesus replied, you must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and your mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 20. Here's the young man's the rich man's response, I've obeyed all these commandments, the young man replied, but what else must I do? Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, that means be saved. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad for he had many possessions. Remember earlier in this podcast, I read a scripture too that says, for the love of money brings all kinds of, of evil on your life. Well, that's what this young man had. He was a rich young man. His dream to be wealthy was there. He met it. But then he wanted to have, he had another dream and he wanted to go spend eternity in heavens. And Jesus said, well, you need to be saved to do that. You need to give your life to Christ. You need to sacrifice yourself is what he was saying and move away from your finances and focus on me. Now, what would have happened if the young man was said, oh, fine, I will give you everything that I have? It's an interesting question because would Jesus have said, you don't need to do that. You can give to the poor. You can do whatever, keep enough to live on, whatever it might be. And I just want to be sure you were willing to give it up. Or the young Jesus might have said, nope, that's not going to happen. You, you got to give it all away and throw it all away. I don't know exactly what Jesus would have said, but I do know this, that if we put our finances ahead of our faith, we're going to suffer for it. And when God asks us to give him something, we need to surrender it to him. I can remember when I went into ministry full time, all of a sudden my wife and I decided it was time to move on. I felt the call of God on my life. And I told her, I think the Lord has called me into full time ministry. And she said, well, then I'm in agreement. Let's just, let's do it and let's move forward. And I said, but we need to give everything that we have to the Lord. And she said, yeah, let me, let me pray. Now, normally my wife says, well, would you pray over that? 
that. But in this case, she said, could I pray over that? And so we held hands and sat on the couch in the living room. And she said, Father, I give everything that I have to you. If you want my home, if you want my furniture, anything that I have, Lord, I give it to you. It was very special from her. And she says, and I give you my husband. I surrender him to you. I release him to you because God, you've called him into full-time ministry. And so Father, I give you the most valuable thing I have, which is my possessions, but my husband, my relationship, and I give you my heart. And total surrender, complete surrender. And she gave up those things that were important to her. And the Holy Spirit spoke to her basically and gave her a great confirmation that everything was going to work together for good. That it was going to be a great blessing. And it turned out to be amazing. We had a great church, prospered overnight, expanded and expanded and grew and grew. And God blessed it. And hundreds and even thousands of people gave their heart to Jesus Christ. But we had to be willing to give of what we had in order for God to move into our life. Now, did we need to get rid of all our furniture and stuff and God wanted it? No. Did we have to get rid of every dollar that we had in our bank account in order to to bless God? No, that didn't happen either. But we had to be willing to do that. You see, there's a few stories in God's word of dreamers wanting prosperity but lacked spiritual prosperity. And those stories of people who were seeking first financial prosperity and not spiritual prosperity are examples that we need to learn from and have helped us to understand how God wants to bless us. Prodigal son had the wrong dream. The father of the prodigal son had the right dream. Judas had the wrong dream. He wanted to be blessed financially, and he betrayed Jesus because of the money. And the rich young ruler couldn't give up his love of money. Now, to go back to that for a second, it could be. I don't know for sure, and I don't think there's anywhere in the Word of God it tells us whether Jesus would have changed his thoughts or changed his mind if the young man would have said, Father, Lord Jesus, whatever you want, I give it all to you in order to follow you. And, and that Jesus maybe would have accepted it. I don't know, but that's not the important part. The important part is what the young man was in love with his money, and he made that more important than his relationship with the Son of God. We can't let that happen into our, into our lives. Allow me to give you a final thought on dreaming for prosperity. The Bible teaches us that our soul is the only part of us that goes to heaven. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, our soul begins to prosper. As we read and understand God's word, our soul continues to prosper. The more we draw closer to God, the more our soul will prosper. Now, over the last 30 years of teaching and pastoring, I have been blessed to pray with thousands of individuals as they accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Most of those who became Christians began to seek the Lord and started to prosper in their body, soul, and spirit, and in every area of their life. However, many have missed out on greater spiritual prosperity because of a lack of interest in pursuing a closer walk with God. They're Christians, and they'll go to heaven when their life ends here on earth. But what a loss not to experience spiritual prosperity as we live our time on earth. When we think about everything the Lord has for us, in dreams and prospering, it is sad to see how many seldom seek spiritual growth and prosperity. May we all seek spiritual prosperity. May one of our greatest dreams be prosper spiritually. I hope that this has been a blessing to you. It's been very touching to me because I've spent so much time with people who struggle with their walk with God. It's because they just don't totally surrender. They don't completely surrender. I know a lot of Christians, I mean, they love the Lord. They go to church. They're faithful. They give of their finances, but they're just not drawing in and pushing in to grow spiritually in their life. If you have a dream for financial prosperity, and that's so important to you, and I think that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. However, you've got to have a dream also for spiritual 
spiritual prosperity. I believe the key to true financial prosperity and all prosperity in our life is to grow spiritually in our walk with God. You might say, well, then how do I do that, Pastor? How do I go about doing that? Well, first of all, get a plan of action. Plan of action might be to set up time to pray every day. Maybe it's only a minute or two or three in the first time. You might get to the point where you may be praying five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day. You may pray an hour a day. But if you don't start with two or three or four minutes a day praying and seeking God, you're missing out on spiritual prosperity. You need to have a time each day where you get into God's Word and read, even if it's just one verse, a small devotional that just gives you one verse and it tells you a little bit about that. That's the beginning of spiritual prosperity. Some people say, well, those things aren't any good. You got to get in and read the Bible and read chapters and chapters every day or books every day and you got to pray four or five hours a day. Yeah, that's wonderful and that's glorious. However, there's a lot of folks who do not understand that spiritual prosperity begins with small things and the Bible tells us not to despise the beginning of small things. So set a time, pray, set a time to read God's word, set a time to bless someone else. When you do that consistently, it'll become part of your life and you'll want more of it. You'll want more time in prayer. I can remember when I was asked to be the prayer pastor at Phoenix First Assembly Church many years ago, I looked at Pastor Tommy Barnett and I said, what does a prayer pastor do? And he looked at me and kind of grinned and he said, pray. I said, well, that's wonderful, but I don't know that much about praying more than five or 10 minutes a day on certain things. And from that point on, I started seeing seeking God and started praying. And it wasn't long before I was praying hours a day and could spend an entire night in prayer. I would have never dreamed that would happen because God wanted to bless me spiritually so that he could help me to prosper in every area of my life. Well, I hope this has been a blessing. I really believe it's a very special podcast. Let your friends and neighbors know about it and let them know what we're doing here on our series on dreams. Let me pray for you as we close. Father, thank you, Lord, once again for this opportunity. I thank the Holy Spirit for coming in and moving. I felt his presence throughout this entire podcast today, and I know that something very special has taken place. I pray you would bless those who are listening in, that they would prosper and be in good health, Father. I pray, Lord, that they would receive this teaching and understand that if they have a dream for prosperity, there are steps that need to be taken, there are guidelines in the Word of God, what to avoid and what to jump into, and I pray that they'll operate in that area. And I do pray for prosperity for those who are listening in, and those dreams will become reality in their life. I thank you for it, Father. Now bless them and keep them, I pray, in Jesus' Jesus' name. Amen. You know, if you've enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy listening to some of the other podcasts that I've done. You can go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com. And when you pull up my webpage, you'll see a link to podcasts. And on there will be all of the podcasts that I've done in the last year and a half. There's a there's 181 of them now. And various topics are on there. Topics on faith and prayer and finances and areas of spiritual growth and spiritual direction. I have a series on miracles, faith for miracles in a series on prosperity. I think that'll be a blessing to you. In addition to that, when you go to my webpage, you can take a look and scroll down and you'll see a number of books that I've written on various topics that relate to the podcast. Matter of fact, many of the podcasts that I've done have come from the books that I've written and I believe that God has helped me to use those to reach out to people. I would also like to encourage you, if you're interested in subscribing to my podcast, you can do that by going to cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
I feel the Holy Spirit impressing me to do something here before I sign off, and that is that if you are not a follower of Jesus Christ, if you don't follow some of the things I've said or don't quite understand them because you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, I'd like to take a moment right now and ask you to pray this prayer with me and surrender your life to Christ and all things will become new. You'll become a new creation. So if you need Jesus in your life, which you do, just listen to these words and repeat them. Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for the sins I've committed in my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I need a Savior. I need you to guide and direct my life. So I come to you today and I accept you, Lord Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. And I thank you that you died on the cross and you gave your life for me. But you were resurrected and now you sit at the right hand of the Father. So on this day, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I promise to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you need to find a good church. You need to find a good Bible, one that's easy to read, easy to understand. I suggest the New Living Translation and start growing in your walk with God. And if you don't have friends around you who are Christians, you need to start associating, being around fellow believers, those people who know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, and your life will change. That's probably the most important thing I've done in this podcast is give people an opportunity to give their life to Jesus Christ. Usually at the end of each podcast, I tell you what's coming up on the next podcast, but I'm I'm not exactly sure which way I want to go. I'm looking at possibly a couple more sessions on dreams, and I'm going to be praying about this week, but I'm also looking at some other topics that might need to be brought forth on this podcast. So just pray with me and believe that God's going to give you direction and help me to know exactly which direction we should go for this next coming podcast. It most likely will be on dreams, but there's a possibility it could change. So I don't want to make a statement and then change it on you if you tune into a future podcast. So with that, I'm going to close this podcast now by saying these words to you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. So until next time, may God richly bless you. As you dream for financial prosperity, may you grow spiritually. And I know God will pour on a blessing. As the Bible says, more than you can hold on to, more than you can handle, it'll be overflowing and be abundant in your life. Thank you once again for listening in. God bless you.